Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about Libra season. We'll take a look at the mythologies and energies surrounding the sign of Libra, then jump into the transits for the new moon in Libra, and then we'll switch gears and look at the sign in opposition, which is Aries, to talk all about that Aries full moon And then we'll wind down with some helpful tools and meditation prompts to help use this energy in your daily life. That's all coming up on this episode of Blood Moon Milk. Thanks for listening. Let's kick things off with the song Scales by O.L.
Interestingly, Libra is the only sign of the zodiac that is represented by an inanimate object, represented by the scales, and Libra likes to look for ways to find balance, and will even subconsciously seek to find a partner that will balance out their lives to help make up for areas where they feel vulnerable or lack to make up for any shortcomings they may have. Libra is the seventh sign of the zodiac and ruled by Venus. It's the middle air sign between Gemini and Aquarius, and it is a cardinal sign, and it's the only cardinal air sign. As a cardinal sign, it's somewhat reactionary in nature, and because it's an air sign, it's preoccupied with ideas, so it's excellent at observing what people are talking about and doing and saying and coming up with witty retorts to those things, but they're not always the one starting the conversation uh, unless they're sort of responding to something that they see, then they go ahead and start it. But a lot of times, um, yeah, they're, they're more responsive to their environments and looking for harmonious ways to find balance in their key relationships around them. The ancient Greeks associated the Titanus Themis most closely with the energy of the sign Libra. The name Themis literally translates as to that which is put in place and means to be suggestive of divine law rather than the laws of man. These can be thought of as the law of the gods or the universe as well as a kind of universal code of conduct. She was also prophetic and a goddess who presided over the most ancient of oracles, including the Oracle of Delphi. Themis's parents were Uranus and Gaia, also known as Mother Earth, and this is helpful to understand her energy when she was the oracle or the voice of Mother Earth, um, especially in relationship to her work as the goddess most closely associated with Delphi. In this role, she was given a kind of divine voice who first instructed mankind in the primitive laws of justice, morality, and things along the lines of the, kind, the concepts of piety. These rules... These rules also dictated the rules of hospitality, good governance, and the code of conduct of pious offerings to the gods. So how to um, make an offering to higher deities. In Greek, the word themis is referred to as divine law, those rules of conduct long established by customs. Unlike the word nomos, which usually is associated to describe the laws of human human making, so uh, the laws that are made by humans. Themis was also an early bride of Zeus and also thought of as his first counselor. She was often represented in art as seated by his side, counseling him on the day's events. She was also thought to have a few children with, uh, with Zeus which included most famously, I, in my opinion, um, Prometheus, who was the one who brought the light and fire to humans so they didn't freeze in the cold on Earth. Another of her offspring with Zeus were the Hore, or Hora, which translates to the seasons. So it's appropriate that Libra season comes at the turning of the seasons from summer to fall. Knowing a little bit about Themis can help us to begin to understand how the scales are of use to this energy as they were tools for impartiality and diplomacy to be used to help others find balance without being quote unquote a judge. She was thought to be the embodiment of their of fairness and the natural order as well as social orders and good manners. All of these such traits are important to Libra energy. She was also sort of an 
ancient Emily Post, dictating what was and wasn't done. Emily Post, by the way, was actually a Scorpio, and her Mercury placement was at zero degrees, eight minutes Scorpio, but an early one suggesting that her deep knowledge and expertise on etiquette would still be heavily influenced by Libra energy. But her severity and depth of knowledge would be distinctly Scorpion. Nothing offends Libra energy more than crudeness and people with bad manners. And while Libra probably won't outright start a fight, they will be more than happy to respond to somebody who offends them through their carelessness and rudeness or crudeness by escalating the situation. I witnessed one of my personal favorite Libras at a party very bluntly respond to some over hyper man children by simply saying, I don't like you and getting into a fist fight. I would never say that they were asking for it, but they were annoying everyone in the room and it definitely brought the equilibrium back to a more cohesive place where people weren't being so irritated by exactly one person. Now they were kind of irritated by two people. <laughs> but this same individual that I'm talking about also supports children in underprivileged countries by making sure that they get access to clean food and water. The negative doesn't negate the positive, but instead, I think in his head, there's a sense of balance that's stricken here. This is the kind of logic you tend to come across with Libra energy. They would do whatever it is they think is fair in their own way. Sometimes it's really subtle and gracious when they are vibrating really highly and they're in a good place and they're happily expressing themselves, and sometimes not so much. One of my favorite, favorite all-time stories about uh, a Libra is when, um, it comes from when I was reading horoscopes and astrology charts at the Renaissance Fair earlier this year. Um, my friend who had invited me had to leave early, so was leaving me in charge. And right as he was getting ready to leave, there was a huge group of people who came up. And there was this one main guy who... Um, who, you know, he was just curious about astrology. And he was like, so what do astrologers do? Um, and I was like, well, you know, a good astrologer can look at your birth chart information. And when I'm doing the Renaissance Fair readings, I just go off an ephemeris. I don't have a phone with me. I don't have a computer with me. Um, like I would normally do in my one-on-one -on -one readings where I, I have a lot of data in front of me and a lot of different time to... Um, sort of process what I'm seeing and meditate on things before I sit down with a client, these people just walk up to me off the street and basically ask me to tell them about themselves. And it's kind of this fun little game. And it's, it's a lot of, it's really good practice, but um, he just kind of wasn't buying it. And I was like, so I can look at your birth data and tell you a little bit about your past, a little bit about your present, and um, maybe give you some helpful tense for your future. And he was like, okay, well, you can tell me about my past, huh? And he seemed really skeptical, and he was kind of tipsy, to be honest. So he was like, all right, that sounds like a, a fun way to spend a few minutes. And so he came in, but he was just really, he was drunk, and he had his whole family with him. They were all, like, kind of slapping each other on the back, saying, oh, I want to see this. This will be good. And so he comes in, like, not buying it at all, not believing it, not just sort of like, yeah, okay, this will be good for a laugh. And then... So he gives me his birth information, and uh, 
So I noticed he was a Libra, a solar Libra with a Venus in Scorpio, uh, born in, I think it was 86 or 85, something around in there. Um, And so I looked at his chart and I was like, oh, wow. And I knew Venus had been retrograde in the sign of Scorpio last year. So I was like, hey, so what was going on with your romantic life last October, November, maybe early December? And he just looked at me and he broke down and started crying. He's like, I got divorced. And just, you know, like really, he went from zero to 60, holy shit, I believe in astrology and the drop of a hat. And then on top of that, um, I asked him about what had happened a couple of years earlier when he was just hitting 30. He had his Saturn return like we all do. I was like, so what happened to you that really changed your life structure? And uh, he was like, I got out of prison for the sixth time. (laughs) And I was just like, well, uh," and I mean, like, we kind of went into what it was and, you know, Libras are really self-indulgent at their worst. Not all of them, not all the time, but a low vibrational Libra can be really self-indulgent in terms of substance abuse. So you can just infer for yourself, like, what this individual might have had problems with that sent them to jail so many times. But he was since out of jail and doing better and like on the upswing. And I told him, you know, that was your last chance. You don't get to go back and do this again. Um, you have to learn from it and clean your, your act up. And hopefully it looks like he had since he gotten out. Um, but I was like, you can't go back to jail. <laughs> it's not going to work out well for you if you do. So really make an effort to change, change your shit up. But so the funny part about this story is that my dear friend who owns and runs the astrology booth is also a Libra. And so I had these two sides of the scale, right? I have the one side that is, you know, kind of a little bit uh, turbulent and dark and stormy and, and sort of impetuous with this individual who had just gotten divorced and had, you know, been to prison six times. And then the other side, I have this Libra whose favorite thing to do is to like play the lute and other Renaissance era music for fun. So think about this energy as trying to balance two kind of sides of the same or two very, very different things, but make them work in some universal God only knows kind of way. So with that all in mind, let's go over the high vibes and the low vibes, but let's start with the low vibes and then end on a high note. Libra is represented by the scales, but it isn't above bending the truth a bit to smooth things over, especially if it helps to keep the peace. Some Libras are more likely than others to do this, but I've known several who would rather, in their mind, tell a little white lie to keep the peace than to confront the truth. Libras can be pretty famously self-indulgent and are no strangers to using substances to help them bury their heads in the sand. They can also be pretty superficial since they are ruled by Venus. They do love the pretty things, and that includes pretty people. Sorry, but Libra isn't satisfied with dumpy or plain Janes. If you want to woo a Libra or someone with a lot of Libra in key placements, make sure to make an effort with your appearance. Lib- 
Libras can be somewhat unreliable, and this can be exacerbated by poor placements or tough transits hitting a person's chart. On the high side, they can be incredibly charming, so much so that their negative traits can be glossed over because of how lovely they are in all the other ways. This is an expression of their unique sense of balance, even if it doesn't always make sense to everyone else in the room. In general, they can be really fair and excel in diplomatic arenas. They're also incredibly tactful and romantic. They are usually very beautiful themselves and appreciate beauty and the finer things in life in general, so they can be great benefactors of the arts or highly skilled at just decorating around the house. They're also excellent in group settings and will bend over backwards to make sure that everybody is having a good time. So with that being said, let's honor a little bit of that precarious balance with the song Time Off for Bad Behavior by Dave and Ellen Co. We'll be right back with the rest of the show. I need a little time, time off for bad behavior. It looks like I've been too good for too long. Well, I'm up and gone at the break of dawn. I've been working like a regular dog to keep my woman in the lights and the water and the phone turned on. I've been saying yes, sir, all day at work. I've been saying yes, ma'am, at home. I've been storing up the cuss words, keeping them under my tongue. I need a little time off for bad behavior. The devil in me done been asleep too long. I need a little time off for bad behavior. It looks like I've been too good for too long. This number on my mind a while I've been fighting off the urge to call A pretty little strawberry blonde with a southern draw Some good old boys come from Alabama Said the fish has been a-missing me And I need to renew my friendship with Jim Bean I need a little time off for bad behavior The devil in me done been asleep too long I need a little time, time off for bad behavior. It looks like I've been too good for too long. Need a little time off for bad behavior. The devil in me done finished sleep too long. Like I've been too good for too long I need a little time off for bad behavior The devil in me done been asleep too long I've got to have a little time Time off for bad behavior 
welcome back new moons are the most peaceful time of the month in general if i personally had to pick between new moons and full moons i think that the new moon energy is my favorite at least in comparison to full moons during the full moon everyone just gets crazy even the er tends to have its busiest time of the month on the full moon but new moons are just the opposite energetically it's great for doing whatever the energy embodies and speaks to you because it's ready to start something new and it's also minimal levels of crazy new moons are excellent times for reflection and tension setting and of course because they're extra quiet and chill days good for some relatively distraction-free quality time with your loved ones and the libra new moon is all about relationships and balance so this month on the new moon if you have someone you're sweet on try to get together with them if you can if you can't do it in person at least make sure to give them a call and just let them know that they've been on your mind so with that being said let's jump into the transits for this new moon the new moon in Libra occurs on September 28th at 2.27 p.m. at 5 degrees Libra with 27 minutes. And this just means that the sun and the moon are conjunct on our zodiological wheel in the sign of Libra. This conjunction occurs every new moon. It's what makes a new moon happen. Uh, but it, what's always interesting is to look at exactly which degree it's hitting and then where all the other planets fall into as well because it can give you a clue as to what the energy of the universe is trying to tell us and this will be in play more or less over the next 12 months as this new moon comes to fruition at the full moon in libra six months from now and then also uh when it becomes new again it'll wind down like next year so this energy is pretty key which is why i like to go over the transits for the new moons there's not a ton of major transits happening on this new moon, but one of the key ones that I'd like to point out is that the sun and the moon are both in opposition to retrograde Chiron, which is roughly at uh, three degrees in Aries, so not an exact or opposition, but they're looking at each other pretty directly across the wheel of the zodiac there. And what this means is Chiron, is the energy of the wounded healer and he's transiting the sign of aries which is all about fiery quick starts so this energy it wants to shine a light and quickly fix things that have been holding it back and libra is accommodating to that but there's still tension being created here because of the dynamicism of this pairing it's not unusual for Chiron to have lots of minor aspects throughout the year, but the Sun opposition only comes once a year because Chiron's a pretty slow-moving asteroid. So take note of any issues that stir up, especially things from the past, because Chiron is retrograde right now, um, currently currently retrograde in the sign of Aries. So anything uh, that you thought might have was was gonna go somewhere, but it didn't, and it sort of might have just brought your hackles up or you realized that you had some lingering energy surrounding that wasn't quite a hundred percent it might flare up and it so i think it might actually flare up in a in a maybe kind of a good way of like you'll be able to look at it with a little bit of perspective and hindsight hopefully so that you can really get some more perspective and understanding on what it, whatever it was that incited those vulnerable feelings initially and hopefully ideally with any major chiron aspect the goal is to be able to look at the wounds emotional wounds 
you know, metaphorically speaking, and be able to heal them. A lot of times this is painful though, because we have to really look at them and inspect ourselves. And we don't always like what we see when we look at ourselves in the mirror. Um, But this just means that we have to be honest with who we are, what we are, what we're doing in life. And, you know, just do the best we can and move on and let go of the stuff that we can't. So that's one thing I think that will be coming up. And it it could be unexpected too, because Aries, it just kind of comes out of nowhere like a cannonball and it's early in the sign of Aries. So just watch out for that on the new moon, but hopefully it won't be as dramatic as it could be if it were say a full moon, um, aspect that would be a lot more dramatic on the new moon. I think it might even be somewhat subconscious, um, just because, you know, everything's sort of sleepy and quiet around the time of the new moon. I think the other major transit to look at uh, that's worth looking at during this new moon is uh, Venus and Jupiter will be sextile. This is really happy, big love, big lovey-dovey kind of feelings uh, floating around. So Libra is the sign of partnership and balance and love. It's ruled by Venus and Venus is in Libra at 17 degrees. And it's sextile Jupiter, uh, which is currently in Sagittarius, which Sagittarius loves Libra, fire loves air. So it feeds off this energy together in a really harmonious way. So I'm thinking there's going to be lots of great conversations happening today. Um, Also, just big loving feelings like your your partnership is really going to feel like, I mean, if you're partnered up, you're going to be feeling like you're going to have the ability to really go places, to travel either philosophically or physically. Um, But just, you know, this is really lovely energy to be partnered up with. So all you couples out there, just really make time to be together and and look for the best in each other this day because it's just going to really do wonders for your relationship, I think, and help things go the distance when you can take advantage of these nicer transits. They, they don't always feel as dramatic because what we tend to remember is when things go wrong, right? But when things go right, they're going right, so we're just sort of not noticing them as much. Uh, which is why I think it's really important, especially at a new moon, where this energy and this intention that we set and what we put out there can linger over the next year. So really take notice of this. Sagittarius and being ruled by Jupiter, Jupiter likes to make everything big. And so Venus and Jupiter here, it's just big love. It's just going to be fantastic that day. And that happens at a really nice time. It's going to be around 7.40 p.m. So I'd schedule uh, at least dinner and drinks or something with somebody really special that day. Um, Coming along to make things a little bit more interesting will be Uranus, who is in conjunct the moon, who is, uh, so Uranus is going to be retrograde in the sign of Taurus. He's been retrograde for a while, and he's going to stay retrograde for quite a bit longer. He is a slow-moving guy. Um, So what this means is just that they just do not see eye to eye on what's going on, and Uranus is full of unexpected surprises. So you know, maybe um, make loose plans, but like commit to meeting up with people, but just don't um, be too rigid. Make sure you get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Taurus is all about comfort zone. Um, so that's what I like the, you know, there's not a whole lot of massive, massive, like scary transits. Um, and usually, you know, transits aren't that scary. 
Um, we've gotten through a lot of the big bad ones for this year so far. So since I the last episode, Saturn went direct, um, which is a big deal. Saturn is the karma bringer. Um, so we are going to start feeling like the things that we've been mulling over, the places and areas in our lives where we felt like our wheels have been spinning over the last four months are finally, especially with this new moon, especially in your, like, look at your house where Libra rules and just to get a clue as to where things are going to really kind of jump forward uh, in one way or another over the next few months because this new moon is the first new moon that Saturn has been direct. And also we've got, um, I believe, Mercury will be direct, Venus is direct, Mars will be direct, Jupiter is direct, Saturn is direct. The only planets we have that are still retrograde at the time of this new moon are the outer planets who are just much slower moving. So those retrogrades are going to be with us till pretty much the end of the year. And we've got Neptune and Uranus and Pluto all still retrograde, um, which just means that they still have lessons to teach us in areas that we need to learn from before we can completely move forward with those planets and those areas of our lives. So now that we've taken a look at the energies surrounding Libra, we get to look at its counterpart when the full moon happens in the sign of Aries. Aries is the first sign of the zodiac and a fire sign, and fire loves air, but they have a lot to teach each other as well. Aries is all about the ego and the self, while Libra prizes itself on partnerships and balanced relationships. Aries can be a little egotistical and doesn't like to think so much as it likes to act and do, whereas Libra really does like to weigh the pros and the cons of a situation. Um, Aries can be kind of egotistical and self-centered, whereas Libra is rather giving, although it can be put off by anything unsightly or rude. And then these two energies can have a ball snarking it up together, usually at some earth or water signs poor expense. If you're curious and want to learn more about the sign of Aries, I recommend you check out the first episode of this season's podcast, which was a deep dive into everything Aries. But for now, let's check out the drama that the Aries full moon has in store for us. When, when you think about the experiences that you have this full moon, try to think back to exactly six months ago and what it was that was on your mind back then and how you've processed things, how you've grown and what it is that has developed since then in that area of your life and is coming to fruition at this point. That's what full moons are really. They're a culmination of energies coming together and those particular planets that are aspecting under the lens of a full moon really just kind of get blown out of proportion. Not necessarily always in a bad way, but if those transits are more dramatic and a little bit more harsh, it can be dramatic and difficult to deal with. I think that uh, Aquarius full moon the month before last was uh, rather rather intense for a lot of people because there was some really intense oppositions happening there. Um, and I had a lot of people write in and tell me that, your, that my horoscope and my predictions were right on for them. So keep that kind of stuff in mind and let me know what's going on in your life. I love hearing from you guys. 
All right, so let's look at these transits. The full moon in Aries occurs on Sunday, October 13th at 20 degrees, 14 minutes in the sign of Aries at 5.08 p.m. So if you're on the East Coast, you'll be feeling weird all day, just FYI, because this energy will be building and then coming to a crescendo right in the evening, and it's not going to be a quiet, chill Sunday night. Sometimes the effects of a full moon can be felt building beforehand and last for a day or two afterwards, just FYI. I kind of felt like that happened with a previous Pisces full moon. I felt it more on Sunday, uh, following on from that Saturday night full moon than I did uh, directly on the day of the event. But that might be a personal thing for me. I do have my Mars and my Jupiter both in the sign of Pisces, so that could be one reason I felt it that way just personally. And as always, this is a good reminder that these cha- these transits will affect every person differently because you all have different charts, but that's okay. When you know your chart, you kind of know what to expect from yourself and how you're going to react. So it's good self-education just to kind of know in general what your planets are natally and what the planets are doing in the sky just so you're not blindsided. So For the most part, the day of the full moon, things are going to be kind of chill, Um, but it's going to be building overnight because the day of uh, October 14th, there's some pretty rough uh, transits happening, but I don't think we're going to feel them the day of the full moon. I just have a feeling that things are going to be feeling sort of like there's unfinished business happening and then it won't really hit home until Monday. So just kind of, you know, brace yourself for impact not just Sunday, but also Monday. Um, The big thing that's happening on Sunday, the day of the full moon, is that Mercury and Scorpio and Venus and Libra will be semi-sextile. This is a pretty harmonious transit. It's a minor one, so nothing major, but just be aware that there could be some intensely passionate discussion and communication flying around in regards to the themes about relationships, balance, and all those Libran things, because Venus is in Libra, that's her home sign, she's in her domicile, so she wants to really express herself, and Mercury in Scorpio um, is rather intense, you know, wants to talk about every single little detail, every little thing, all the way down to the, like, the minutia details, so it might be a good day for going over any issues that have come up in your interpersonal relationships and getting to the bottom of things. That's one good way to use this energy. But also just be aware that it could get dragged out and it could feel just a little exhausting or really heavy or just, you know, ultra intense. Even if it's a positive expression, it could just sort of leave you leave you feeling a little bit more worn out than it does energized. Um, so just kind of be aware of that. Also happening on the day of the full moon in Aries is the Libra sun will be sextile to Jupiter in Sagittarius. And this is a super happy, super harmonious um, expression of universal energies here. Because again, like I said earlier, whereas Aries is a fire sign, so is Sagittarius. Sagittarius is a fire sign as well, and it's the most advanced of the fire signs. And it too loves air, which the sun is expressing right now, being in in the sign of Libra. And so these two are just giving each other all the fuel, all the air that the fire needs to burn brightly. And so the sun is wanting to express all of these romantic ideals and being in the sign of Libra and like find balance in life and it will point out to you where you need to look at and reevaluate just exactly where your balance 
is and, and where you can improve on things. But uh, Jupiter wants to come along and give you this big Jupiter smile and a big hug and talk about things that have to do with philosophy, travel, big ideas, and adventure. And generally, it just likes to expand anything that it touches. And so right now, it's supporting that that sun and Libra. So there could be a lot of really big loving feelings flying around on the day of the full moon. But these could change overnight and into the morning of the 14th of October. And I'm just going to tell you why. I don't normally go into next day transits on the podcast because... I kind of cover those in the Daily Dose newsletter for all the subscribers who are subscribed to that because that's, you know, premium content and that's what they're paying for is a daily astrology rundown. But I think it's important because there's uh, two rather harsh aspects that can be not so fun. Um, So overnight, the sun squares Pluto. Um, So this is, this happens about four times a year and Every time this happens, people are like, what the hell is going on? This is terrifying. This sucks. And um, right now, it's this Libra energy of wanting to kick back, relax, and um, enjoy all the beautiful things in life and, and focus on its partnerships and its romance and all the lovey-dovey beautiful things and maybe even be a little bit naughty sometimes. But Pluto is in Capricorn. It's still retrograde. And it wants to bring the axe down, bring the hammer down, bring that grim reaper, grim reaper scythe down and let you know that there are boundaries that shouldn't be crossed and also get rid of anything that doesn't need to be there any longer and doesn't serve your highest purpose. So there could be conflicts that come from overindulgences as a result of the Venus-Mercury semi-sextile, as well as that big exuberant Jupiter explosion of happy energy. I just have a feeling that there could be real consequences from partying too hardy that Sunday, October. 13th. So just be aware of of that going into that full moon and Aries weekend. Um, I, I I kind of hate to say like hunker down and and um, you know watch what you spend your time on, but I, I think maybe that weekend, especially that Sunday evening going into Monday, it might be more important than normal. Um, just to kind of save you from any unnecessary consequences. Um, Or, you know, maybe they're necessary. Maybe there's a lesson that needs to be learned in that part of your life. Um, But that's just, it can be a really, really unpleasant one. It can be beneficial in the long term, but it might not be super fun learning those lessons in the moment. Uh, The other aspect... Um, that happens the the next day is Mercury is sextile to Saturn, um, which is, it's actually beneficial. It it tells me that whatever happens from the Sun Square Pluto event in the morning between Sunday and Monday, um, that Mercury is going to work with Saturn to kind of help things come together in a nicer way. Uh, Mercury will be in Scorpio, Saturn still in Capricorn, and this is earth and water energy coming together to support that, that earth energy wants to support water. So water can flow in a constructive way. Um, but it could be a little bit tense in getting there just because of that sun square Pluto. All right. So that's pretty much it for, um, the full moon in Aries. There aren't any massive major, like monumental transits. It's not an eclipse. It's not a super moon. Um, and really, I, I like to focus on the, the new moons 
during this season because full moons get so much attention. Um, and they can be really cathartic as well. They're a great time for letting stuff go and, and purging yourself and also expressing gratitude. Um, but, you know, they get so much attention already from pretty much everybody else. I think it's really important to honor that that quiet dark side where the magic happens on the new moons. So let's take a little music break and we'll come back with some prompts and tools for mindfulness meditation and manifestation. This is Good As Hell Remix by Lizzo. Enjoy.
is exactly how Venus and Libra wants you to feel this Libra season. If you like the podcast and want to support the show, sign up for The Daily Dose. For just $5 a month, you'll get a daily illustrated astrological weather report straight to your inbox, so no scrolling through Instagram and getting lost in the feed, so you can just get straight to the point of what the energy of the universe is going to be sending your way that day. And you can feel good about supporting an independent show getting made, because literally, guys, it's it's just me. And sometimes Adam, but it's pretty much just me. You can sign up for The Daily Dose by heading over to bloodmoonmilk.com and clicking on the link in the sidebar that says daily dose. Thanks for your support. Libra energy is one of the energies I resonate with the strongest because my moon is also in the sign of Libra. So for me personally, this month signifies a particularly strong new moon for my manifestation practices since this is when one of my two luminaries resets its journey around the zodiac for the next 12 months. And just FYI, the luminaries are what we call Two, the two heavenly bodies that light up the sky. So the sun is the big one and the moon is the other one. And its nature is more reflective and emotional where the sun is generating its own energy and power. So whatever sign your moon is in, just be aware of when your new moon occurs so you can take full advantage of that extra opportunity to meditate and be reflective and be sure to set some intentions. It's not going to hurt anything, and it's always nice to feel connected, and you only get it once a year, so you might as well take advantage of it. I suggest working with a stone appetite for helping to clear the mind, as Libra energy tends to be somewhat indecisive. It's all about that balancing act. It wants to weigh the pros and cons and look at every angle before it really makes a decision. So this stone can really help. It also supports self-expression so that peaceful, calming, and joyful energies of Libra can shine through you. Citrine is also great for balancing the emotions and resonates well with fire signs. So that might be beneficial to have around during this month's meditations as well. Libra rules the lumbar region of the spine, as well as the kidneys and the endocrine system. Aries, on the other hand, rules the head, so check in with your body during your meditations this month and just see what messages these areas might have for you, if anything. I noticed back in the time of the Aries new moon that I had a terrible migraine that lasted for about five days, so I'm hoping that doesn't come to fruition and just my head just crack open um, or repeat itself because that was terrible. But just noticing what's up with your body can help to sort out the problem because if you don't notice it, you don't know how to fix it. If you're walking around feeling terrible and you just feel like a zombie all the time, slow down, check in with yourself, and also pay attention to what parts of your body's hurt. A lot of times there are keys there, there are messages there for you if you just pay attention. Focus on your balance of me time energy versus your energy that you put into your relationships. Uh, You may notice that you're not taking enough time for yourself and possibly giving too much or vice versa. You may be too independent and not supporting your community enough. Really examine that balance thoroughly. So here's some questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. Uh, when you think of your key partnerships and relationships, who comes to mind? How can you better support them? Or what do you need from them to fully feel supported? Now, imagine feeling that you feel 100% supported by this partnership. Sit in that feeling of completeness for as long as you want. 
absorb it, feel it from the tips of your little toes, the top of your head, and just know that you're supported there. And that's a possibility for you. How can you be a source of diplomacy in your life? Not every situation calls for diplomacy, however, knowing when to stand up for what you want and what you believe in and when to yield are key. Look for that balance in your life and pay attention to any themes of balance or imbalance that come up. The full moon in Aries will support you standing up for yourself, especially if you've been doing a lot of balancing for others lately. And lastly, how can you pamper yourself? Get out and about and be seen looking fantastic. Libra loves to feel beautiful and this time of year is exceptional for getting new clothes and maybe even updating your look. This can help you in creating a sense of balance between your identity and the role in your partnerships. So that's pretty much it for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. Get at me on social media at Blood Moon Milk and tell me all your crazy astrology stories or just reach out to say hi. I also do one-on-one astrology sessions as well as events. Just hit me up and we can make it happen. Blood Moon Milk is written by me, Aurora, and the theme music is written by the very talented Adam McIntyre. This is Venus by Television playing you out. Until next episode, my little moonbeams, have a happy Libra season. Free.